to Tuning Fork. It's a podcast about music and the Pitchfork Media hype machine. What the fuck is up, gamers? <laughs> <laughs> Fetch the boat cutters. Um, I'm Matt Ribeiro. <laughs> and I'm Dave. <laughs> Just kidding. We're women. Um, because we're talking about an album that probably probably shouldn't you know be just reviewed by two men we're legally not allowed to talk about it. yeah no Ma- matt lives here so he's so he's like still listening and he does love the album so like he's valid but you know i feel like you know we we needed a different take on this one for this episode um and it, to be fair we didn't force him to do this they stepped down um but like I will insult men a lot, so if you're sensitive, if you're a sensitive young boy, don't listen to this. But also, if you're a straight man, you probably don't like Fiona Apple anyway, unless you're Matt and Dave. That is true. Or, like, I don't know. I feel like there's probably no reason you would want to listen to this episode if you weren't like, I love misandry. So, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, like, that's, that's the vibe. Like, Yeah, you mean this album exploring um, sexual assault? constantly feeling like you're in competition with other women um and moving forward and being outspoken maybe shouldn't be uh talked about by two men it's possible it's possible and i mean like the reason why we're of course doing this episode is not just because she put out a new album but but because you know this podcast is about pitchfork and their reviews and this is the first 10 they've given i think since Kanye, I don't remember the adjective order. What is it, Matt? My, dark, my beautiful, dark, beautiful, twisted beautiful, fantasy. Beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. It's actually called good-ass job. Right. Okay, 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 <laughs> cool. I couldn't remember anyway since that, which was a long time ago. And it is a good yeah. album, but it's not better than this one. So um, I so I like speed listened to that last episode, and I was thinking about it. Because, yeah, this is the first 10 since My Beautiful, Dark, Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Um and I was listening to the previous episode of Tuning Fork, and I kind of had the idea that Fiona Apple was, like, the antithesis of Kanye West. Like, she's kind of his, the the yin to his gang. Mm, yeah, I can see because, where you're coming from with that, yeah. Like, a lot of the Kanye discussion is that um, he is a perfectionist, and he's someone who like mercifully like mercilessly just tears apart everything and he uses a lot of samples in his production mm-hmm. and then fiona is like i'm gonna bang on pots and pans and make the best album of the year <laughs> eat my asshole and i feel like kanye they're both very outspoken people they're very honest about you know their dealings with mental illness and everything mm-hmm. um but kanye like is the worst yeah well i mean they both come from exceptionally different backgrounds yes which will that that's definitely a dividing point mm. there but. is a lot of similarities and a lot of differences mm-hmm. but i would say fundamentally they're very different people oh yeah for sure for sure one of them mm. i would like to hang out with <laughs> oh yeah guess <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean this album got a 10 and a, yeah yeah Mm-hmm. We'll get to how we feel about that later on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about the review a bit. It was written by Jen Pelly, who... So she reviewed Tidal previously, but it wasn't like she reviewed it when it originally came out, because that was, like, 
you know, a long time ago. It was... Um, that, that was like 97. I was baby then, literally. Oh, I was fully... Well, I wasn't baby. I was like six. But like <laughs> her title review was like 2017, which I'm guessing happened yeah. because of like a, a reissue of it or something, which is probably the reissue of like why I have it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was written by a woman, although we were kind of talking right before we started recording about how like both of us got like a paragraph into the review and then went back to see if it was written by a man and were like... <laughs> surprised that it wasn't (laughs) yeah i mean i can't even put my finger on it and i don't want to trash this woman's writing because but like i don't know it just feels very corporate yeah i mean i feel like that's just kind of like how pitchfork reviews read like it might just be like okay can you write a review this way you're Mm. hired maybe i don't know because i feel like they all kind of read in this way that's just like extremely I don't want to read them. Like, I, I tried to read this review originally when the album came out because I had listened to it and I was like, oh, this fucking slaps. It's so good. And I was so, I was excited. I was like, cool. It got a 10. That rules. Um, it deserves it. But, um, I couldn't actually finish it the first time I tried reading it. I finished it because we were doing the podcast. Yeah. And I had to. I mean, <laughs> we did this for the boys. Yeah. And I mean, the, it's right. Like, the review is, correct like i mean i guess we can kind of go through like the specifics of it but mm-hmm. um so they they I mean they kind of start out by talking about how this is her fifth album i guess we, we didn't even really talk about her previous albums really let's do that real quick yeah maybe let's do that first so um so yeah this is her fifth album uh but her first since 2012 was when the idler wheel came out yeah which like i love that album um i really i sort of in a way i kind of prefer her newer stuff because it feels more experimental and like kind of stripped down her earlier work was a bit more like jazzy which don't get me wrong i was just Mm -hmm. doing a little dance to um first taste in my (laughs) kitchen but like yeah i prefer her newer stuff i didn't realize that uh that came out so like long ago it feels really recent yeah, no, it was quite a while ago. Um, but I mean, 2012, the Maya and I tell you was like, really just like two years ago in my brain. So yeah. <laughs> I see why. But I mean, yeah, her, her all her other albums came out like relatively close together compared to that because like she started with title in 96, when the pawn in 99, Extraordinary Machine in tw- 2005. So I guess there was like seven years between Extraordinary Machine and Idler Wheel, and then eight years between Idler Wheel and Fetch the Bolt Cutters. But yeah, um, that's They're all time really works. good. Like, I, <laughs> there's not a single flop in her discography. Like, all of her albums slap to me. Yeah, I don't think she has a bad album. Like, there's ones I like more than others, but none of them are bad. I would say yeah. I have a song from, like, every single album on my saved, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're all really good, and they all have, um, I don't know, they just all have really different vibes, but... They're all good. Yeah. If you can't tell, this episode's going to be, like, a lot of praise. It's a lot of praise. I mean, like, deserved. And, I mean, that kind of reflects the review as well. But, like, it's not even, like, this is the first time they've ever given her a good review on Pitchfork. Because, like, the other... uh, The other... Did they review all four of her other albums? Or... I was looking at them earlier, and they were all, like, 9.0, 9.0, 9.4, and stuff like that. So, Mm. yeah. So, they're, they're... pretty good she's yeah she's very critically lauded like if you you know um 
I say it has a very devoted fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone but Steve from Sex and the City loves her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Fiona Apple, very well liked musician. And very well liked. This album, yeah, this album was super hyped. Like, I was over the moon. She released yeah. it early as well, which was nice. Yeah, that rules. And, like, I feel like it's better for that because, like, some of the stuff that got left in instead of, like, polishing it just really makes it for me. Um, for the record, also, Idler Wheel in 2012 got a 9.0, which was Best New Music. So... Well, hey. There you go. Yeah. Well, the, well, the thing about polishing is she said that she recorded all the songs in pretty much one take and then mm-hmm. would just go... She was doing one long take and then if she didn't like that one, she'd do it again. I'm pretty sure there's a part in a couple of songs where she just fucks up and keeps going. And it makes it better. It does make it better. And, like, there's just parts where she starts laughing or there's parts where you can hear her dogs who are credited on the album, which is really good. Yes. They, like, list all the names of the dogs in the review, too. Uh, wait, I have to find them because they're all really good. Um, uh, uh, Mercy, Maddie, Leo, Little, and Alfie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, some of them aren't her dogs. Like, I think a couple of them are Cara Delevingne's dogs and, like, other people's dogs. She's just, you know, she likes dogs. Who doesn't? There's a dog on the album cover. The album yeah. cover is really good. <laughs> and the album cover was done last minute by David Garza, um, yeah. who's also uh, a musician on the album. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's cute. Yeah. It's, uh, it is probably one of my more favorite ones of hers, uh, in terms of that. This is actually probably my favorite album of hers, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. What can mm-hmm. I say? It is. Um, I mean, I mean, I said, what can I say? We have to talk about this for like an, an hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got lots to say about all this, all the specific songs, but I'm trying to see if there's, uh, like other specific stuff that we wanted to talk about from the review. Cause, uh, like, God, it is really long. Um, I don't there think is there's a part. Just- Mm-hmm. Okay, there is a very controversial part where they Oh, the part uh, where mentioned- she mentions John Lennon? Yes! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to take away a one point for that. Yeah, okay, so like, I guess part of it was when they, they, they mentioned how it's because Fiona Apple would really looked up to John Lennon. I'm going to like take that as past tense. I'm not, I, we do not see it. I don't know what she, what she thinks now. <laughs> um, but really they take it as more of an opportunity to compare to Yoko Ono, um, instead. Which, better comparison. I don't really, I do, I do not dislike Yoko Ono as much as John Lennon. That's for sure. Yeah. I really don't know enough about her to like dislike her or anything. So. Mm. I mean, she, I'm not. She has yeah. like good songs if you're into that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. yeah, you probably are. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of the main. That's the the main thing that stuck out to me. The rest of it is obviously praising her and talking a bit about um her previous work and sort of where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like some of the inspiration for some of the songs, but I feel like we're mostly going to get into a lot of that when we talk about the songs, especially since like the genius annotations are all basically like it's very filled in with stuff yeah. that's all just taken straight from an interview with her basically about basically every song, which yeah, yeah, which rules. Um, I have that interview pulled up, so yeah, we're ready to go. That's basically my notes because. I tried to listen to it and take notes, and all my notes were like, this slaps. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it does. Like, every single time she comes on when we're, like, driving in the car, Matt and I will just be, like, more like Fiona Slapple. And <laughs> we're both right. 
So <laughs> should we get into it? Let's just get into let's get into the songs. Yeah. Uh we we start out with I Want You to Love Me. Has led me here. And next year it'll be clear. This was only leading me to that. And by that time I hope that you Yeah, I oh, we are starting out with a gut punch, aren't we? Uh huh. The very first time, okay. So when I started listening to this album, the very first time, I hadn't even gotten to the part where she started singing yet. It was just like all the piano, because like one thing about her is that she is a classically trained pianist, and her her piano is opening. And before he even got to the vocals, I was like, "Fuck, this album slaps! It's so good." <laughs> I yeah. So like, I have a funny story with this. So my. I like cancelled my Spotify premium because I only really listen to it when I'm traveling and obviously I'm not doing that um, at the time of recording. So I went to go play it the morning of and forgot that it would just shuffle it. And so it started with ladies for me, um, uh. which was, I was like, oh, I'm fucking ready. But then <laughs> I went on, to, <laughs> went on to YouTube and then started the album from the top because i was like no no i can't shuffle this i need to have it in the in the order fiona wanted me to hear it mm-hmm. and yeah it, it starts out the piano is gorgeous mm-hmm. and this is kind of one of those songs where like the lyrics are really nice but it is one of those ones where i kind of just like stop listening to the lyrics and kind of just listen to her melodies and her like her raw voice when she's kind mm-hmm. of saying like i want you and just holds it um but i, I mean, mean it, yeah it's so i feel like the thing about fear and apple and probably the sort of main crux of the album is just being very very honest and very vulnerable and very open Mm -hmm. and that's the thing which i think attracts a lot of people to her music and to her is that she's just real and lays it all out on the table and just it's not the song is not begging when i heard the title i was like i was just like begging someone to love you it's like no this is what i want i know it sounds like a small and silly thing i want you to love me motherfucker mm-hmm. no it is and it's like it's very true and it it's i don't know it it hits really good and i kind of had the same feeling going into it but this is one of my favorites on the album i feel like i can't really imagine it opening with anything else with any of the other mm. tracks no, I will say this has probably the best opening and closing songs of any album. Yeah, it's really good. They're because I feel like yeah, I feel like "On I Go" wouldn't really fit anywhere but the closing song. Yeah, yeah. and it's amazing, and it ends. Mm-hmm. We'll get there, but it ends on such a hopeful note that I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" It's really good. Um, basically, this one, like her her comment from her interview, is that this is like a love song, but it's you know it's not even about like one particular person. There's a couple of tracks on this album where she's like, "Yeah, it was about one relationship," but then it kind of turned into another, being about a completely different relationship, which is kind of just like how I would kind of expect things to go when you spend like a decade writing an album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. another like we'll get to it. There's other lines which she wrote when she was like 15. So yeah. she obviously has like a massive back catalog of stuff that she's just been working on for literally decades. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, okay, it fit now. And I want to sing about it now. It's great. Mm-hmm. It works perfectly. And it, all of it just, yeah, all of it works. Yeah. It's, mm. it's great. I'm, oh, I'm going to run out of adjectives. <laughs> well, there's, 
there's only so many ways you can say something is really good, but we, we'll try. Shabika. <laughs> um, made me come off so tough. I didn't smile because a smile always seemed rehearsed. I wasn't afraid of the bullies, and that just made the bullies worse. In class, I'd pass the time, drawing a slash for every time the second hand went by. A group of five done 12 times was a minute, but Shamika said I had potential. Shumika said I have potential. Shumika said I have potential. Shumika said I have potential. Sh- oh, this is this is perhaps my favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. I feel like the first half is just impeccable. I, I'm gonna say that for every song. Um, yeah, Shumika is great, and this one is inspired by a true story. It is. I yeah. mean. They're all kind of inspired by true stories, but this is like a weird story that I love. Yeah, because Shamika is a, a real person who she went to grade school with. Yeah, and basically, so Fiona was sitting, trying to sit with like all the popular girls, and this another girl called Shamika came over and was like, why are you sitting with them? You have potential. And then just left. And <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Fiona, you know, she says, I'll never see her again. Yeah. And presumably like she never really spoke to her after that and there's a story from the vulture article um where her third grade teacher uh linda kunhart basically who was like fiona's favorite teacher she wrote to her and said like oh you wrote a song about shamika and then sent like this essay that shamika had written to fiona and she was talking about how like basically Shamika realized she was being used by her local church to attract people to go inside by being mm-hmm. like a cute kid. God. I want to meet this woman cuz she meet sounds her too. Yeah. Cool as fuck. Like this this little girl knew what was going on. Yeah, imagine going up to child Fiona Apple and just being like, "You have potential." Like, yeah, fuck. why why are you trying to hang out with these cool girls? Like, Shamika knows so much more than Steve Sex in the City does. <laughs> He's just like, you're, you, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she's like, you're good. I, like, she saw something in her. She saw her aura or something mm-hmm. and just went for it. And I fucking am amazed. And I love it. Yeah. I like the line where in the song she's like, well, she basically says, um, I didn't know what potential meant back then. Um, Shamika wasn't gentle and she wasn't my friend, but she got through to me. Yeah. Clearly she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so Fiona says um, that she, you know, saw a little picture of her, like Shamika when she was 12 and how she thought she looked so cute. But her, her middle school experience is where she started to feel like she had to compete with other girls. And that's where the relationship with women kind of gets fucked up. And that is explored in a couple of other songs mm-hmm. as well. But I feel yeah. like it is here, especially. Yeah, because this song, a lot of this song is about like how people were mean to her when she was a kid, um, especially other girls that she went to school with. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Shamika was kind of mean to her, but not in a cruel way, in a way that made her grow and be the woman she is today. And it's clear this, like, tiny interaction really imparted on her. Yeah, it's such a cool motivation for a song. And the yeah. song whips, too, because, like, the piano is just... The piano bangs so hard. It goes I'm, so hard, and then when yeah. she sings the chorus, it gets so soft. It does! And, like, introspective. Uh-huh. And she tells a story about how, um, so the part where it's like, let me get the lyrics up, where she says, um, 
Sebastian said I'm a good man in a storm. Basically, so she was in like a, a the tour bus or whatever. They were driving in Texas and they almost got arrested for weed possession. So Sebastian was smoking in the back and like, he was smoking out of an apple, which is great. I could not be around for an apple and smoking weed out of an apple without being annoying. Yeah, same. <laughs> and like the, the cops tried to pull him over and she was like, David has brown skin, so he cannot be holding the pot. Sebastian has long hair and a beard, so he cannot be holding the pot. I'm a little white girl. I need to be holding the pot. So, so I she love just says, that. She just turns around like, Sebastian, eat the apple now and give me the pot. And she puts it in her sock and the cops spend all their time like harassing the two guys that they don't even notice that the dog is just sniffing at her the entire time. Oh my God. And they, they leave. And I'm like, fucking hell. I want to hang out with Fiona Apple. She knows what's going on. She does. Jesus. Good friend. Good man in the storm. Mm? It's fucking I, great. I also like how it's like <laughs> Tony uh, described me as pissed off, funny, and warm. And I'm like, yeah, that seems like probably what I'd describe you as as well. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> All accurate. All of those things in the best possible way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great song. And it just feels... It feels the part where she's talking about, um, like skipping along down the road, is great. Yeah. Like I, I just because it feels so bouncy. And you, when I first heard it, I just saw this like little girl skipping along the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really good descriptions of uh, like the things she was doing as a child when she between getting bullied by other kids. Yeah, the yeah. imagery is just very real. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those songs where I just absolutely am picturing it in my head as it goes. Like, most of the other songs I'm not, but for this mm. one, for sure. That's great. Yeah. Uh, then we gotta fetch the bolt cutters. Wannabes, afraid not being your friend. And I've always been too smart for that, but you know what? My heart was not. I took it like a kid, you see. The cool kids voted to get rid of me. I'm ashamed of what it did to me, what I let get done. It stole my fun, it stole my fun. Fetch the bolt cutters. I've been in here too long. Fetch the bolt cutters. I've been in here too long. The, the title, title track. track. <laughs> so the title is, uh, it comes from a scene in the fall, which I've never seen before. I'm sorry, uh, Jelena no. Anderson, I've never seen it. <laughs> me too. I know, me neither. I feel like I should probably watch it, like, while i'm in the lockdown i mean i'm just watching like reality tv today i watched three episodes of uh real housewives of beverly hills i haven't watched enough tv i've just been playing too much animal crossing but tonight i'm gonna watch killing eve which is you know feminism so yeah (laughs) it's feminism and uh lesbian solidarity so you know Mm -hmm. i Uh, did this report (laughs) once on like the stereotypes of bisexuality and i pointed out that a lot of bisexual characters are violent and i pulled up killing eve and i could tell like all the women in the crowd were like oh fuck <laughs> and i'm like you can still watch it i'm just saying <laughs> yeah good point good point uh, but yeah fetch the bolt cutters i can't so cara delavine weirdly enough is on the backing track of this okay and apparently like they're she's friends with fiona apple and one of the reasons she was chosen was because she has a British accent, so she sounds like Julian Anderson in the fall. 
Oh, I didn't know that. How does Cara Delevingne know, like, Fiona Apple and fucking St. Vincent? Like, why is she Lesbianism. I mean, I guess it's lesbianism, but, like, <laughs> it's it's kind of like they just seem so much older than you. I know St. Vincent's not that old, but she seems like she's, like, 80. <laughs> She's know. 80. She seems like she's like 80, but in like a 25-year-old's body. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. She kind of is like wise, wise and I don't know the yeah. word. Um, but yeah, so like in, in the, the fall, the phrase is used by Gillian Anderson's character um, about, you know, ordering to release a girl who's been tortured. So fetch the bolt cutters to set her free. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much what this song is. I mean, it's not about rescuing a little girl but it's like you know fetching the the own the bolt cutters to set yourself free yeah it's deep it is it is also just like a really catchy name for a song and for an album like you hear it and you're like oh fuck that's really good this song is so catchy i just catch myself singing it like yeah to myself as i go about my day Mm -hmm. just it's so catchy and it's weird because it is quite dark but it's one of those it feels really jolly. It feels like it was... Pl- this is going to sound weird. So it feels like it was played on, like, you know, one of those little kid, like, keyboards that has, like, a clown on top or something. Yes. <laughs> the really, like, janky ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> it yeah. kind of feels... It, there isn't, like, a clown toy theme, which is weird. Maybe I'm just thinking of that because I was talking to a guy and he sent me a song he was working on and I was like oh what do you use on this song is it just piano it sounds like something different and he was like oh I have this weird clown toy and what? I used that what the fuck <laughs> it was a good song though but it was yeah. kind of like clown toy <laughs> I mean I did send him this album when it came out and told him to listen to it so he probably stole that because men are trash oh true probably that's probably what happened <laughs> but it is very catchy it's one of those like the the course of this one is one of those ones that does kind of get in my head like over and over again like there's a few things there's a few things from this album that really stuck in my head and yeah the course is one the course of this song is one of them yeah i would say the chorus of this chorus of shamika um and we'll get to the rest yeah we'll get to them when we get there and oh oh and the uh the you part of uh, I want you to love me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was thinking, and I was thinking about how she must have done all the songs in like one take, and the breath control. Yeah, you can just hear like how real her voice is in that, especially at the very end of the song. Like when yeah. I was listening to the album today, like I've been listening to it with headphones the entire time. Like every time I've listened to it, except for in the car, I guess. But like, um, this is the first time I listened to it like really carefully like with both headphones in to like really hear everything and just the end of that track just really 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 i'm like fuck i wish i could sing <laughs> like, <laughs> Same. Like, i uh, was just trying to do it i was just trying to like do the last part of that song before we went on and i had pretty decent breath control and like maybe if i warmed up and i was super activating my resonators and shit i could do it but mm-hmm. fucking hell it was hard yeah, no, she's just so talented. It's incredible. Yeah, but yeah. back to back to uh, FTBC. Yeah. Um, fetch the bolt cutters. Fetch the bolt cutters. Fetch the bolt cutters. Um, because Cara Delevingne's very British voice comes in hard at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it's more about herself than like another person, and you know, being kind of stuck to. Well, I mean, I guess she even gets kind of the one point where she starts dropping the Kate Bush references oh yes it's very good 
I need to run up that hill. Yeah, because she's like, I grew up in the shoes they told me I could fill uh, when they came around. I would stand real still. Uh, That's not even the part that I wanted to do. It's the part where she says, I grew up in the shoes they told me I could fill. Shoes that were not made for running up that hill and I need to run up that hill. I need to run up that hill. I will, I will, I will, I will. Yes! It's good shit. It's good shit. Have I ever told you um, the theory that I read on Tumblr once that... um, running up that hill was about pegging no can you please explain it i'd love to hear it (laughs) i think this episode will have a slightly different energy than your regular tuning fork broadcasts okay uh (laughs) so (laughs) so someone said running up that hill is about pegging because it's like um you know if i only could i'd make a deal with god and i'd get us to swap our places places being top and bottom so she yeah. said I mean, if you could only like feel the pain that i feel when you're trying to fuck me on my ass mm-hmm. i would do i would give that to you so we can share the way and you can you can feel you can feel how i feel and like yeah i don't i don't know this was from a very weird person i used to follow but every I mean- time i ever hear this song i cannot get it out of my head um <laughs> they so got like, ideas you know, yeah i think it's you know she wants to swap our places and make a deal with God and run up that hill. I guess the hill is the butt. Yeah, yeah. Colon is like- just what is a colon if not a hill? <laughs> Science. Yes, I'm an anatom- anatomy person. I know. I know. I can't even come up with the word. I don't know what biologists do. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, the song is great, and I I kind of feel like when she's looking back on her early career, I feel like we should mention the very famous MTV speech. Oh God, true. I mean, she was right. The world is bullshit. Yeah, uh-huh. it's the best. And she was like what, like twenty when she did that? Probably. Yeah. She, so she uh, she was winning an MTV. Uh, music video award and she went on stage and had this whole speech it's all available on youtube if you want to see it and she basically says uh this world is bullshit if you're watching at home and you want to be like the people up here don't do that be yourself and everyone was very taken aback because i mean it's mtv video music awards like it's kind of phony to quote yeah. from the best book of all time uh <laughs> the catcher in the rye talk about that book on an episode about fiona apple <laughs> i know but i just you know i just want to tie it into the john lennon thing that's oh true true yeah <laughs> so you know she's in a phony environment and she was like this is fucking bullshit obviously every you know there are little girls at home who are looking up and aspiring to be like us and be yourself and that's the truest you can be true and yeah she kind of people didn't really like her in uh, yeah. those circles probably because of that and her general demeanor yeah well i mean to tie to tie this back into catcher in the rye she basically did do kind of like a jd salander and like drops off the face of the planet for a while because she's like hmm i don't know this kind of is bullshit um don't want people to, to notice me don't want to be this famous person um yeah, she did reemerge. <laughs> she did reemerge, and she has still been working and just like i just want to hang out with my dogs in my house and write music and yeah yeah hang out dude mm-hmm. and we all love her for it and yeah salinger was also like a massive creep and his son did play captain america in like a shitty tv movie Ew. so awful fiona Terrible. 
terrible. Fiona Apple has not done any of that. No, no. Thank God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like we should also talk about the dogs at the end because it's kind of the best part of the song. It's so good. They just kind of, like, I don't know, because I know that the dogs were just, like, being, re- like, they just ended up being in the recording, but I'm like, did they get mixed in somehow think- later? Or, like... So, right, so the story she tells to um, Variety, let me see. She basically says that, like, they were just singing the song and recording it as it was, and then the dogs just kind of lost their shit at the end. I love that. I mean, me too. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were totally quiet for the whole song. And then as soon as they were getting to the end, the dogs were like, fuck, this slaps and started joining in. <laughs> I love it. The dogs know what's up. <laughs> it was like perfect timing. And I guess they just kept it in. Like, that's the thing is the sort of the parts of the, the album that, you know, you would look at and go, okay, well, this isn't technically right. Like, there's a lot of homemade percussion and there's stuff where things are just slightly off and like or she starts laughing or the dogs start losing their shit and it works it's perfect Mm -hmm. you you mentioned something about homemade percussion and like i was reading earlier today that like was it in the very first track on the album she's using um it was like one of her dog's ashes like the urns i think to to use as like a drum like a like tapping her fingers on it yeah Mm-hmm. I, which is like weird why I love it I love it so much it's so good yeah no I everything that gets left in like this it just really makes it for me like it, it wouldn't be the same album without it no no it wouldn't and that's kind of the I, I feel like I've seen a lot of men sorry to men again like but I'm not um I've seen a lot of men say like oh it's just her like banging pots and pans and it got a 10 Shut, Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! The uh, the one thing I did see that I really loved was one person on Twitter who was just like, "My favorite thing about Fiona Apple getting a ten on Pitchfork is that she probably doesn't give a, a single shit <laughs> about it." Yeah, <laughs> that's the best part is that she does not care because it wasn't made to get good reviews, no. and I think that's why people are getting pissed off about it is because this wasn't made to be. It wasn't made to get good reviews. I feel like it was made. I don't know if she said, but she, well, actually, she does have a point about where she said she wanted to kind of make a song for her home because she kind of saw it as like a womb and it was sort of her paying her respects to it, which Mm -hmm. is a very Fiona Apple thing to say. Um, But no, it was made for her and it was made for people to listen to and enjoy, but it wasn't made to get good reviews on pitchfork she does not care about that it's not pitchfork bait (laughs) no she spent so long making it like you don't spend that long making an album that is this raw i guess to be like i did this to get the first 10 in like a decade yeah Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think she gives a flying shit no i don't think she does either uh all right should we move on yeah we can go to under the table if i don't want to go Oh, 
So the, <laughs> I love it. One I'm of sorry. the other things that's so we were saying like lines that have been really sticking with us for a long time. The one that constantly is playing in my head is the I would beg to disagree, disagree but begging disagrees with me. Like, oh, yeah. that's a fucking perfect line. Oh, it's so good. Like, it's it sticks. Like, I know that the course also really sticks because it's perfect. But, like, this is the one that I, it's like, yeah, no, I feel this. It's same hat. Like, <laughs> it's extremely, extremely, like, just so Fiona Apple. It's so Fiona Apple. Like, and especially, I don't know, it resonated with me because I'm going to get deep. My whole life, people have kind of either loved or hate me because I can't shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been very open in my opinion since I was a little girl. Like my head teacher said to my mom when I was like six, "You never have to worry." Like Alex is always going to tell you what she thinks. So don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's always she's got something to say. Mm-hmm. And I respect and like she loved it. She loved me. She was like, "You got something to say, little girl," and I respect that. And nowadays. A lot of people have an issue with the fact that I cannot shut up because it's not quite cute when it's coming out of a grown woman. Um, no. But I don't know, just kind of, I love it. It's, the, it's a whole song about calling someone out for being a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the song was inspired by like an actual dinner that she went to. And like, even in the song, she says like, you know, I told you I didn't want to go to this dinner. And you said you basically had me come anyway. And when your friend starts kind of saying something that I don't like, I'm yeah. going to, you know, put up a fuss about it. And you can't <laughs> tell me to shut up. I'm not going to. I Fuck you. I'm not shutting up. <laughs> and yeah, just like, you can keep beating me down. I will not shut up. The whole course, I won't shut up. Like, she just keeps repeating it. And it's mm-hmm. great. Just over and I- over again. I really want to know what dinner this was at. I really oh, want to know. <laughs> me too. So bad. Especially after reading that one story about how she was, like, in a room with PTA and Quentin Tarantino, like, doing coke and being like, this will make you never, ever want to do cocaine ever again in your <laughs> lifetime. That That's like, just what I thought of the very first time I heard this song. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my, I just, the amount of like parties and stuff I've been at where I'm like, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. I hate it here. It was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's also just like a really, it just has a really fun rhythm to it. Like the song is just very, very easy to sing to. Yeah, exactly. I feel like a lot of these songs are very bouncy. Like I was listening to it just now um, that I was just kind of like, I mean, I was twerking in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. This, I, would, I was definitely twerking to um on i go that's a twerkable song <laughs> yeah it's got a rhythm to it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah that's pretty much like the gist of this song like it like that's the story it's very straightforward and uh the lyrics are pretty straightforward too there's it's not like you have to read between the lines to know what this one's about uh but it slaps so yeah yeah it's very it's very um honest mm-hmm. and yeah it was inspired by a real dinner party so i want to know who that was and i wish i wish i could have been a fly on the wall god same <laughs> i want to know what she's seen <laughs> <laughs> truly some awful things like when she was like at her peak in you know the late 90s early 2000s like the people that she was with and around just i i need to see these things they sound awful <laughs> <laughs> 
On my like dating app, I did say like, oh, I'm looking for the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson to my Fiona Apple slash Maya Rudolph. Be- and like, I do take that back, but I still think that I am like a weird blend of Fiona and Maya. So I don't know. Maybe the other blend of Fiona and Maya? Yeah, I don't want to date men. I will be up like, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Although the Phantom Fred was good. <laughs> but not that good. There's good and bad things. It's impossible to say if he's bad or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Um we go to real life. Fucking propaganda brochure. And I see that you keep trying to fade me. And I love to get up in your face. But I know if I hate you by hating me, I will have entered the endless way. Evil is a real life spark when the one who's burnt turns to pass the torch. Evil is a real life spark when the one who's burnt turns to pass the torch. Yep. Which, I mean, again, another line which just floats in my head. Alex? Oh, wait, never mind. You, you, you cut out for a sec, but you're there. Oh, I uh, was just saying that like the, it's another line that sticks in my head of evil is a relay sport where the one who's burned turned to pass the torch yes and this is one this is like the line she wrote when she was 15 and it sticks this one's been in my head for like two weeks straight now i mean it's such a and she wrote that line when she was 15 years old mm-hmm. and it's true i mean like the idea is i mean i feel like it's it's kind of obvious but you know someone burns you like emotionally physically or however and then you don't know how to deal with that emotional hurt and you turn around and do the same thing to someone else because you don't really know how to handle it and um part of the song is like I could hate you, but if I hate you, then I'm just going to be passing the torch once again. Yeah, and you it's about the cycle of abuse, and it's just put in such a poetic and succinct way. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, very just, very quick, very, like, very fun to sing along to. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a good one. I also really love the emotion behind, like, that whole verse that's, like, all the things she resents him for. Like, I resent you for being raised right. I resent you for being tall. I resent you for never getting any opposition at all. Uh, I really like I resent you for being tall. <laughs> yeah, because it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she mentions, like, the dichotomy of her writing this really deep lyric when she's 15, and then when she's 40, she's like, I hate you for being tall. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, like that's the thing is like there's it's some of it's deep and some of it's petty like that that's how emotions work but um but i mean i feel like contr- like with the rest of this whole verse though like it, one thing being kind of like more of a petty small thing is like nothing compared to like the other things that are like you know i resent you for presenting your life like a fucking propaganda brochure which that one just hits real real good <laughs> yeah i mean apparently she wrote that about like instagram influences and stuff so that does play in my head whenever i take like a, a thoughty selfie but i feel like <laughs> fiona would support me for being a baddie well the thing is you're not making you're not even making money off of it you're not like well time to sell this product <laughs> no just like fiona i do it for the girls and the gays that's yes, it yes exactly that's it <laughs> <laughs> i got i also got get that line out of my head but that's by isha erotica which one the i do it for the girls and the gays that's it the queens and the queers yeah they love it my shit (laughs) like because that's also fiona is she does that's why we podcast yeah when the album came out i checked my instagram i checked my tumblr the girls and the gays were losing their minds 
Yeah, I don't think, I feel like the only people I've heard complain about the album in general have been people who are, like, bitter that they're just like, I don't think it's that good. Or, like, I don't under- I don't think it deserves to be getting this much praise. It's, it's people like they- who yeah. <laughs> play the devil's advocate, and it's people who watch Anthony Fatano and quote everything he says. Yeah. Um, who, I said this earlier, death penalty, death penalty, death penalty. I didn't even know who he was until this afternoon. So, like, sucks to be him. Mm-hmm. But also just terrible opinion. Like, 7 out of 10? What the fuck is that? What? <laughs> exactly. What? Exactly. It's like he didn't – it's like he listened to it once over without even putting headphones on and didn't listen to a single one of the lyrics or anything. <laughs> yeah. It, I I mean, I guess because he's like, why are we not talking about me, the straight white man? Well, we are, but we're dissing you this whole album. Exactly. <laughs> well, not even dissing you, it's just talking about it. Talking about it. <laughs> she yeah. never says straight white men. I think it's just everyone kind of assuming. Like, she mentions in the thing that... Um, in Relay, she was inspired by the, the Brett Kavanaugh incident um, and how disgusted and horrified she was by that. Yeah, and I think that was also inspiration in for her as well, um, just mm. in general. I mean, you can definitely feel that in these songs. I mean, not like specifically him, but just men like him in general and stuff and how they end up in similar situations with literally no consequences at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It's about people who just have like zero fucking consequences and go around their entire lives, spend their lives hurting people. Yeah, never getting any opposition at all. So, exactly. Like, yeah. and the minute they get opposition, they freak the fuck out. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, fuck. What song we were just talking about? Um, relay. Relay. I just completely brain farted there. Um, You're valid. <laughs> uh we're like halfway through now we got yeah no not even quite there yet um the next one is rack of his check out that rack of his look at that roll of guitar necks lined up like eager fillies outstretched like legs of rockets they don't know what they are in for and they don't care but i i thought you would wail on me like you wail on them but it was just a coochie and this one is kind of one of those ones that's like it's probably like i don't even want to say like i have a least favorite song on the album because like they're all really good tracks but this is probably the one i think about the least but it's still really catchy yeah yeah i know what you mean like i i just think of boobies yeah i do think of boobies too because she says rack of his i do really really like the line though where she's like i thought you would wail on me like you wail on them because she she's like talks about his guitars and (laughs) (laughs) and i also like it was just a coochie coo coo where the last coo is like (laughs) c-o-u-p-s it's very good um yeah this one is more of just like one of those ones where it comes on and i kind of like tune out and like aren't, i'm not really listening to the lyrics at all and i kind of am just like the song kind of sounds like really nice yeah i know what you mean like i feel like there's this sort of hits and like there's a couple this is one of the songs where i kind of tune out a bit like i don't hate it at all i don't really dislike it i'm just it's just not my it doesn't stick in my head 
Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where it's just like I don't personally relate to it as much, I guess. is like some of the other ones where like you listen to the words and you're just like on top of being like a really catchy song, it also just like really hits me in the exact spot I need to be hit. And then in this one, I'm kind of like, it's really catchy and I do really like it and I don't skip it when I listen to the album, but like it's the lyrics don't, I, I don't know, they like I just don't vibe with them as much. They, but I mean, because it's like about a relationship. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, it's, a, I think this one is specifically about her relationship with uh, Jonathan Ames. I want to say Ames. Yeah, well, she says like it was like largely about that, but it's also partly about someone else too. It was like, she says it's a, about at least two relationships, but I think that's the main one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was, as far as I know, that was like her last big relationship, or at least it was when she was writing it um, originally. So it kind of makes sense that he would stick out a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just I just see back of his and I'm like, titties? That's really what I do too. Yeah, it's just, you know, the the course is like, meanwhile, I'm loving you so much. It's the only reason I gave my time to you. I feel like there's not really a whole mm-hmm. lot to say about the lyrics. Yeah, but it is still mm-hmm. a good song. It is still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, newspaper. Big show. I grew concerned when I saw him start to covet you. When I learned what he did, I felt close to you. When my own way, I fell in love with you. But he's made me a ghost to you. I watch him let go of your hand. I want to stand between you. But it's not what I'm supposed to do. I watch him walk over, talk over you, be mean to you. And it makes me feel close to you. This is one of my favorites. It's good. I would say this is another one where I feel like she kind of loses me. Mm, interesting. I yeah. just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Not for any reason. Maybe I'm just kind of, ex- maybe it's sort of the, um, because I've only really listened to it as like a full album, you know? Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's just kind of the exhaustion of the other songs. That's possible. I feel like this is the opposite of Rack, is, Rack of His, where it's like, it's not really like the the melody that I'm really enjoying as much in the song. Like that's it's good, but it's it's not what sticks out to me. It's more like this is like the this is one of those songs where I am listening to the lyrics and like that's what really makes this song good to me. Cause like this song is kind of about like you and another woman have both both have like the same abuse and trauma. For the same man and the other woman is like still with this man but you feel this connection with her because of your shared trauma that you can't even really express to her because you know you're not even like you don't even talk to her but it's yeah i will not out anyone i'm keeping this anonymous but my friend keeps saying to me um my friend has recently had their heart broken they keep saying like i want a message i want to have a little ladies who lunch like little kiki second city brunch time with his exes (laughs) i'm like don't do that but also Mm -hmm. that is kind of what this song is about of just like sitting down with someone and being like i don't have any resentment towards you Mm -hmm. we both have this shared trauma from the same man and i that is something that i've been thinking about a lot recently of like what would i say to someone who also dated someone who broke my heart or who treated yeah. me in a really shitty way. Like I've thought of that, yeah. I've definitely thought of that. And it's weird because I feel like when you're still with them, you kind of have this unfounded resentment towards your uh-huh. partner's ex or future 
you know, future endeavors, you have this weird resentment. And then afterwards, you just kind of want to hold hands with them and make them lunch. Yeah, it's really interesting because there's like she even kind of has that one line in the song where she's like, she's like, I wonder what things he's saying about you to make you hate me. Yeah. Like, because she knows, like, I couldn't reach out to you and say, like, these are all the terrible ways he treated me because you would just be like, shut the fuck up. You're a crazy person. Like, yes. Even though you can tell that there's like, (laughs) there is clearly the same things happening. Because, like, one of the things I've thought about in the past before is like, oh, okay. So I've been treated like absolute shit before. Like, what if in the future I was like, oh, there's this other person in the same position as me? Would I even want to be like, hey, watch yourself you're gonna be like verbally abused and you're gonna be Mm. like go through all this shit and it's you should get out while you still can and i'm like okay but like what if this person has changed and who knows but then it's like it clearly in the song like she makes it clear that like oh i saw him being like like being cruel to you and all these things and i want to talk to you about it but i can't and i you wouldn't listen to me even if i could probably yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's also weird. I've been watching this. I keep getting TikTok drama that I don't care about, and this this will make sense in the future. And it's this girl, and she was she did this whole expose on like her ex boyfriend of how he was a horrible person, um, treated her like shit, uh, abusive, all that. You know, every every fucking archetype of a shitty boyfriend, he was that, and she's like got beef with his new girlfriend and i'm like if he's such a horrible person why do you dislike the girl that he's probably currently abusing yeah yeah it's just it's yeah it's one of those where it's like i I just it's a weird thing to unpack and it's a weird thing to think about but it's definitely something again it's something which has been on my mind but it's also been something i've never really thought about clearly it's it's really interesting i don't think i've ever heard a song written about this exact thing before like she says so so one of the lines she says i grew concerned when i saw him start to covet you when i learned what he did i felt close to you in my own way i fell in love with you and i like i just really don't feel like i've ever heard that type of story ever be told in a song before like I'm sure yeah. it does exist, but it just seems like one of those things that I've kind of had, I've kind of thought about before where you're like, feel protective of people that are close to people that you've been hurt by. And mm, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very specific and um, I want to say niche, but it's probably not that niche, but it's a feeling which I think is very unique to a certain situation. Yeah, I mean, niche in the sense that like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I don't want to like be that broad with it, but like most women have probably experienced that feeling before. <laughs> yeah. So this weird feeling overprotective of someone who probably hates you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Like especially in the context of like a man who's hurt you. Hmm. But she is on the fucking head again. With these she, complex feelings. She does it. The title is interesting because she even says in her interview that she's like not entirely sure why she named it newspaper. She she says something like, oh, I think it was probably just that a newspaper was like the closest thing to me. And I was like, I'm just going to call it whatever that was. And then I just like never ended up changing the name. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, all right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Could like be. One of those Tumblr posts that's like, flip to the nearest book and turn to page 301 and pick the fourth word in the second paragraph. <laughs> oh my god. I forgot about those. Yeah. And I feel like everyone did it just to prove that they could read. Probably. Like, yeah, I own a book and I've got one that's like closest to me to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Jared19. <laughs> of course not. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a pretty good song. And uh, it's good. It's good. Um, and then, ladies, 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 ladies. <laughs> Take it easy. Ladies, 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 ladies. Take it easy. Wendy leaves me. Please be my guest. Do whatever I might have left in his kitchen cupboard. It's in my top two for sure. I don't know if it's, I guess at the end I'll probably say like what my top song of the album is, but like it's in the top two for sure, possibly my favorite. I love this song so much. That's so good. It's, what a good idea for a song, but it's also just like, you listen to it and I feel like I could just like sway back and forth in the wind listening to her say ladies for like three minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, when she closed out the song by just going, ladies, ladies, forever. Just repeat that on a loop. It's great. Yeah, with just like the humming. It's just so good. Like, I never knew I needed that in my life until she put out this album. And then I was like, ladies, 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 ladies. And, <laughs> and she just says it like, I think even in her thing, she's like, I just, you know, wanted to say it in like every possible way you can say it. She, oh, she says, it got really fun to say it in different ways, being like, ladies, 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 and then ladies, ladies. <laughs> just different ways of talking to girls <laughs> and it's it's good like i love this song because like the whole idea of it is um you know she's no longer with this person anymore but she, the song is like addressed to the to his next partner which is like similar a similar vibe to the last song except a complete opposite idea it's kind of just like i don't resent you for being with the man i loved before like that dress in the closet that i left wear it like it'll look better on you than it did on me just yeah. and that great. was also from another ex of an ex like exactly yes. it's so good it's just i i have no reason to resent you or be mad at you and i respect you and you know please be my guest mm-hmm. and it's just, a, it's just it's just this really like chill song so she originally performed this in uh 2013 at a show in portland and it was then titled don't get rid of it parentheses you look good in it but it was known hmm. as tipple by fans i don't remember that all right interesting i mean like the original title but the fan title seems weird yeah i don't i don't understand that title at all i feel like if you heard this song you'd be like oh that's called ladies because she yeah. says it 50 gazillion times yeah, she does say it a lot. Um, yeah. I really like her quote in the um, in the annotation, which is like, this album is a lot of not letting men pit us against each other or keep us separate yeah. from each other so they can control the message. I remember my grandmother used to talk about my grandfather and his mistress, and his mistress was actually his wife for the rest of his life. <laughs> they were married for 50 years, but to her, she was always mad at this mistress, and it was like, man, she didn't do it. 
Our like, grandfather what? did it. Like, your husband was <laughs> one cheating on you. Like, why are you mad at the woman? It's the husband. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the she apparently, she, like, always called her the mistress when they were married forever. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's this great song of, like, fuck it. Don't be mad at him. Like, don't be mad at her. Be mad at him because he's the dick. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Love Absolute it. Absolute banger. One of the best songs on the album for sure. Mm-hmm. And she has the line in the chorus where she says, I'm a fruit bat. And <laughs> she's, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, she's so, you know, cuter than button, mind headed maniac. Like she's kind of embracing the fact that, you know, she's had her mental health problems. She's a bit quirky. And I find that really empowering. Mm-hmm. Which I know is like a fucking buzzword to be like this woman is very empowering but i mean i call myself nuts all the time and i mean it like i clinically am diagnosed with a personality disorder i am Mm -hmm. nuts um so i feel like i can say that Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of refreshing and nice to hear someone say you know i'm a bit fruit she calls herself a fruit bat apparently as like a term (laughs) endearment which is i love it it's very cute (laughs) and i feel like jumping off kind of the last song where she's, th- you know, thinking about all these things that her ex is probably saying about her to uh, his new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He probably would have said, oh, she was crazy. Because how many times have we heard that one, ladies? God, so many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I am crazy. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. about it? And what about it? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. I love it. Uh, speaking of, uh, mental illness. Mental illness. We have heavy balloon. I spread like strawberries. I climb like peas and beans. I've been sucking it in so long. But I'm bursting at the seams. In the middle of the day, it's like the sun with the Sahara. Wanna stare me down. Forcing all forms of life inside of me. To retreat underground It grows relentless like the teeth of a rat It's just got to keep on on at me And it can stick about depression It is about depression This But it's, surpri- of- it's surprisingly like Not sad When I heard the title and I heard it was about depression I was like oh fuck Better buckle myself in for another Fiona Apple ride Um <laughs> And then she starts singing about how she's she's like strawberries and peas and beans, and I'm like, fuck yes. The way she just fucking like belts that chorus where she says, "I spread like strawberries, I climb like peas and beans," <laughs> and it's from a children's book. It's so good though. Like <laughs> this is oh. this is one of those songs that this is this is one of my top songs on the album too for sure. I just love how how hard she goes on the chorus. She goes absolutely buck wild and it's great like yeah it's just it's just very honest and it's not too it's weird to have a song about depression and be like it's not very depressing it's just yeah. it's because it's not it's but it's also i feel like a lot of songs that um are very open about depression are like not glamorizing it or romanticizing it but kind of painting it in a way that's like this is making me stronger and i feel like this song is just kind of honest of like no i feel like shit but you know i'm like a strawberry (laughs) she is like a strawberry that's being spread and busting at the seams yeah uh but i mean like 
it's it's about depression, but like then there is kind of I don't know, like it's there's some parts of it that are like optimistic to me where um I'm trying to find like specific part that I was looking at earlier. Oh, okay, maybe not like uplifting, but like I guess it's kind of like the course feels uplifting because it's kind of like, look how much I can grow despite the fact that I'm being held down so much. But like the part where she says, um, so people like us get so heavy and lost and so lost sometimes. So lost and so heavy that the bottom is the only place we can find. You get dragged down, down to the same spot enough times in a row. The bottom begins to feel like the only safe place that you know, which yeah. I've been there. <laughs> That's tea. That's tea for sure. You get there and you're like, you know, at the very bottom, like, at least this is what I'm comfortable with and what I'm used to. And I don't need to do anything to get out of it. Um, but then when she comes in with the course, it's like, you know, she, she kind of like goes off and it's that part is kind of optimistic to me that despite yeah, it's, all of that. It really is sort of showing the, the kind of highs and lows, really. And, mm-hmm. um, I was, gonna say yeah she's talked i think she had a quote about how you're kind of in a sort of stockholm syndrome like thing with mental illness and depression specifically of you know you're you're comfortable where you are Mm -hmm. in a way because like that's what you know you know the darkness and that's sort of easier than trying to get better but the optimism in the chorus is is like that light and it kind and the way it kind of goes back and forth is a realistic depiction yeah (laughs) yep it's great again listen take a shot every time i say it's great and then die (laughs) i love to see it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no but it really is uh one of those good ones um i hear a lot of people say that like like i feel like i've read a few reviews where they say that they feel like cosmonauts is like where the album kind of hits its peak for them you and i will be like a couple of cosmonauts except with way more gravity than when we started off when you resist me when i cease to exist because i only like the way i look and look into your eyes and when you come back you commemorate the penetration of the sun into the deep dark sky now let me see it's you and me true i don't know no it's good it's good okay so apparently this song was meant to be written for a fucking uh judd apatow movie that this yes. is 40 which i never saw i never saw um, either <laughs> and it was meant to be about like oh we're together forever and then it's like you're asking for an apple to write that song <laughs> yeah because like her quote about it is like i don't think long-term monogamy is impossible but but it's, it's not for me it's it's an interesting song for her to write <laughs> and like i do think it's good i mean like the whole song is kind of just like you know we're a couple of cosmonauts with way more gravity than when we started off and mm-hmm. i don't know it's, it's about long-term monogamy i guess and how it's you know not exactly for everybody um it's a good song in terms of like the melody i think and i just feel like it's one of the ones that i again I like to listen to it. I'm not going to skip it at all. I really like it, but it's not one of my higher songs on the album. No, I would I would say the same. Like even the songs I don't like adore, it's just because they're up against they're really up against like fucking tough competition. 
I mean, like, the next song after this is For Her, and I'm like, you're expecting me to say that this album, like, peaks with this song when For Her comes right after it? Like, oh. are you serious? Are you real with me right now? Like, <laughs> but, like oh. is like, is someone just fucking stabbed you in the stomach with a goddamn spear? Yeah. Like, are you serious? And, you like, want me to is- fucking give a shit about this love song about oh we're in space when for her is right after <laughs> right it's just like i feel maybe this is like me having the like syndrome of the people who are like really you gave this album a 10 except for me being like really you think this is the best song on the album it's like i feel like i've seen a lot of people say that this is one of their favorite songs on the album and i'm like i don't understand how like some of the other songs just resonate with me like so deeply yeah and this one is is just nice it's nice it's good but isn't is is exactly is nice like Mm -hmm. if this was on any other fiona apple album it would be in the top tier because it's on fetch the bolt cutters i don't know if it's your favorite song in the album that's great good for you but like it's not for me it's like if it's in your top songs have you never been hurt in your life (laughs) are you okay like are you normal I don't know. Like, has have people only been nice to you before? I don't get it. Yeah, you're the fucking. You're the people in the world who's never had any opposition at all. Yes, true. I feel mean saying that because I'm absolutely sure someone who's like this is their favorite song. And they're like, I like it because I've been hurt in the past, and now I'm in love and I'm happy. Or I like looking forward to a good future. But for me, I'm like, let me wallow in my pit like a heavy fucking balloon, like the. <laughs> gremlin i am the misandrist gremlin who has a collection of cut off penises on my wall don't at me (laughs) i just like i feel like i read her description of the song and how she's like talking about how she's kind of just like i don't know you know about monogamy and i'm kind of just like i just don't really like I respect and understand her her worldview on that, but it's not how I feel. So it's kind of like it's not really a song that like sticks out to me at all. No, no, so, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah, and like I mean, I say the penises thing just because that is how I imagine like all the the men who dislike anyone who likes Fiona Apple. That's how they see Fiona Apple fans. Just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, v- cave trolls. Which, they pretty much, yeah, that's their vision. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's, I'm not. I'm just. I'm in my bedroom. I have LED. I have fairy lights and flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm soft, but also I will fight you for this True. album because it's good. <laughs> and I don't think this is the best song on the album, yeah. but I still think it's. it's I do still, still think it's a good, good song. I yeah, think like yeah, one yeah. of the other things about it that it just kind of like makes me care a bit less about it is I'm just like really tired of like love stories that are about people who like drift apart from each other and just like don't love each other just like you know what i mean like those stories that are just people who don't they're just not in love with each other anymore after a long time and it just makes me sad to just think about and i don't i don't know i don't really like it very much i'm tired of hearing those i don't want to i don't want to think about it very much Mm -hmm. um yeah like the way we were or something i (sighs) I don't want to. Th- I have to be in a place to think about that shit. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think you know a pandemic is like the ideal place for that. No, God, I really do. Just keep seeing all these people who are like, well, it's not even. Just, it's not really like 
people I know, but just like, you know, the people who are like, oh, you know, I have to be trapped indoors with like my family or husband for like all the time. And it's just, it's terrible. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, like, family, when I say family, I mean, like, the family that you chose to make. Like, if it's, like, you're stuck in your with your family that's, like, your parents, like, that's <laughs> that can suck. Well, when people but, are like, like, oh, my God, I have to look after my kids, like, it's yeah. Like, what? <laughs> or, like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm stuck inside with, like, my boyfriend all the time, and I'm like, is that supposed to be a bad thing? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, unless you're in, like, a really shitty relationship. Yeah. Like, that i would honey do you know how fucking horny i am <laughs> fuck you <laughs> yeah i'm so mad it's frustrating to see like fix your shit get your shit figured out live with someone you love <laughs> or die or perish uh, uh, unless you have uh, absolutely no choice because i know that that happens <laughs> yeah should we talk uh, about for her? We should, because this is the emotional climax of the oh, album to me. Me too. Know that it didn't go exactly like that. You arrive and drive her like a soft up back. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. You arrive and drive her like a soft up back. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. You arrive and drive her like a soft up back. Like you know you should know, but you don't know where it's at. Like you know you should know but you don't know what you did. Like you know you should know what happened when I came to Okay. Bed. So this song starts calm. It <laughs> and starts really like, fun. Yeah. And then Look it hits you over the head with a rock. <laughs> yeah, no, this song it just starts off like really like really fast lyrics, just really fun. Um, but then, God, when she says, like, maybe she spent her formative years dealing with his contentious fears and endless jeers at her endless tears, or maybe she just got tired of watching him, it's blah, 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 etc. But I'm like, yeah. hmm, maybe she spent her formative years dealing with him. Hmm. Huh. Uh, huh. Hmm. And then, what do you, or the, the second verse, when she's like, um... Sniff white off a starlet's chest, treating his wife like less than a guest, getting his girl to clean up his mess. Yeah? And even the Have fucking- you ever met a man like this before? Have you ever, like, been treated like this by a man before? <laughs> this is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like... This is... <laughs> I'm, like, pulling... I'm putting my hands around my forehead and just, like, my eyes are bulging. And even the, the, the fucking... Okay, the line that gets me, apart from obviously the big line, is um, never showing weakness unless it's award season. It's the season of the ward. I'm like, oh, punch. It's the season of the ward. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's like this song is already hitting me in my sensitive parts. That sounds weird. It's already it's already hitting me. <laughs> it's John Mulaney voice. That's what I'm sensitive about. <laughs> it's hitting the pressure points. It's like acupuncture. It's yeah. Like, if someone did acupuncture on you and then hit you and then like so all the needles are like put in, you're like, ooh, sensitive. And then they got a hammer and then they smashed on the needles. Uh, yeah, exactly. So this song kind of comes in like three parts. Like so there's the really fast part at the front and then... Uh, there is the, the the part that comes, like the kind of chorus that comes right before the big part that goes really fast where it's kind of just like, um, 
the part where like you know you should know but you don't know where it's at like you should know but you know but you don't know what you did uh Mm. like you know you should know what happened when i came to bed Mm. uh this part it's it's getting like a lot like yeah like the ticking of a roller coaster when it goes up it is it's exactly like that yeah it's very it's very, I mean, she's basically spelling out exactly what she means when she says that before we get to the next part. But, like, basically, you know, men being like, I didn't know that wasn't consent. I didn't know that was not what you wanted. How was I supposed to know that? Like, mm-hmm. like playing the fool, I don't know what I was doing kind of thing. Yeah, and being dumb and not realizing that they hurt you. And I... I know I have a story very similar to this. I think a lot of people do, mm-hmm. a lot of women specifically. Um, so yeah, it's this. It's a fucking hard song. Yes, this is this. The next part is basically a gut punch. When like every time I listen to this song, it's like being hit with a ton of bricks. When I get yeah. when we get to the next part, and that's the probably the last part of this album that kind of plays on repeat in my head a lot when I'm kind of just not even listening to it and my brain just kind of goes to that line just because of like I mean the line is intense enough as is just the words but like her delivery where in the entire next part of the song she basically just like the music is quiet it's just Mm -hmm. like the drum kind of a little bit and she just is basically yelling just completely raw yeah and even just the, the good morning good morning like you think of you know the fun jolly parts of hollywood the fucking singing in the rain yeah right and uh, so i guess we should get into like the background of the song because it was inspired by a um a very real person who spoke to fiona and she was an intern at a film production company and this song is for her yeah for her is for her Mm -hmm. yeah it's not about fiona's life at all I mean, no, not that Fiona or- hasn't had similar experiences, but just that this particular story is about this other one. Yeah, I was reading a bit of Fiona's Wikipedia page. Um, she's been very open about the fact that she was uh, raped when she was 12 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. Very sad. Very, you know, obviously extremely traumatic and had a major impact on her. And she's been very um, open about how that's inspired her work. But she says she's never written a song about it specifically because it would just be too much and she doesn't think she ever will yeah because um, she's like it's it's trauma that's not it's not trauma that's like therapeutic to write songs about it's just no. it's something you live with yeah yeah she's and she's right and like i, I but i can kind of see how writing about another woman's trauma would be kind of an outlet for her to get some of her own feelings out about it mm-hmm. yeah like it, it'd be very difficult to not talk about that and not um feel like there is a part of your your own anger and your own trauma in that yes one thing that really stuck with me with the pitchfork review was there's a part where the reviewer says like this part of the song like this lyric is like it sticks with you and it's like it's very hard to sing along with this but like this isn't a song to sing along to no it's not a song that you would (laughs) like maybe the first part but once you get to this part of the song like once you get to the bridge it's not a song that you're like you know rolling down the windows and singing (laughs) in your car it's hard to listen to but it's really powerful like it's been it's been sticking with me for two weeks straight now 
since whenever yeah, I listened to the album first. It's so fucking powerful. The first time I heard it, I was like, yes, fucking mm-hmm. get him. Because I fucking hope that the woman who this song is written about is having a good day mm-hmm. every day. And two, I hope the man in this situation fucking chokes and dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I hope Me he too. listened to this song and shat himself. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, basically, the the main kind of, like, conceit of this is, I mean, there's a lot of women who are unsure if they have been raped or not. Because mm-hmm. of, like, maybe it's marital rape, for example. Like, it kind of sounds like in this case. Maybe it's some, like something like that where it's, like, rape because you haven't, you know, explicitly said no, but you also haven't said yes. And so you feel like you're the partly to blame, even though it's not your fault. Um, yeah, and, and it was, like, yeah. I think in this specific case, um, so she was, like, an intern, sort of PA kind of thing, and he was high- and it's sort of unclear how conscious or how aware he was, but it definitely from you know I do trust Fiona Apple, and obviously I believe survivors um, mm-hmm. that he knew what he was doing. Yeah, even if he was high, even if he was on drugs, even if he was drunk, he knew what he was doing, and she definitely didn't consent, so it was rape. Yeah, yeah, and, and- yeah. <laughs> Uh, both of us are skirting around this line like <laughs> yeah i mean i guess we should probably just like i can say it it's um so she says she says this i also just want to say like if you haven't listened to the album yet i don't know why you haven't listened to it yet but like the way she says the way she delivers this is she's practically like yelling kind of like angrily into the mic good morning good morning you raped me in the same bed your daughter was born in it's a it's a wham line if there ever was one yeah um because it is it's 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 a lot it's a fucking lot it's a lot to take in in one sentence yeah yeah and it (sighs) sticks with you and i mean it does finish also with you were so high you were so high you were so high which Mm -hmm. is about the specific but just yeah I feel like there's a lot of people who get to this even though it's not the same situation and still feel extremely like that is it hits exactly I don't know how to say it exactly like it it extremely just is very 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 relatable to an unfortunate people. Yeah, it's a, it's an extremely exposed nerve mm-hmm. and you know, she goes for it and it's it's a hard line. It will stick with you. It's not a song you want to listen to unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. So I sort of read part of the Vulture review um, before I listened. Not the Vulture review. The Vulture article where she explains the reasoning and the meaning behind a lot of the songs. So I listened to. I read that before I listened to the second half of the album, and I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. I feel like if this just jumped out at me, it would have been a lot. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm glad she said it, and I'm glad she just said it outright and just said, you know, you raped me because that's a difficult thing to say. Yeah, she's not tiptoeing it, around what exactly happened. Like no. earlier, she kind of is like, you know what you did, even if you're saying you don't know what you did, and she doesn't. She shouldn't have to tiptoe around it at all. Like survivors shouldn't have to tiptoe around the fact that they were abused in whatever way, mm. and yeah it's just fucking hard and uh yeah 
I I think it's a great song. I think it. I think you're 100 percent right. It's the emotional climax of the entire album. Yeah. Um, I don't think it needs to be anyone's favorite song. It's kind of my favorite song from like uh uh like a um like a third person perspective. You know. Yeah, I feel like this one just because of like how emotional it makes me feel when I listen to it is in like my top two of the album just because I'm like you saying this and making this is really a lot in a good way and it just really makes you feel in a way that other songs don't really definitely like makes you feel angry but still anger is a valid yeah I don't I exactly it makes you just feel very raw emotion Mm -hmm. and Sometimes you need to feel that. In fact, I would say you need to feel all your emotions, even if they're not pleasant ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I can't think of a song, at least off the top of my head, that's made me uh, feel quite as angry. But yeah. In a no, same. Like, me too. <laughs> like, I'm passionately angry. Not like, I hate this song. I'm like, oh, I will, whoever this fucking man is, I will punch him square on the fucking nose. I know he dies and rots in prison. And Yeah. And dies and dies again. Uh huh. I hope yeah. he, you know, like, fuck, I hope uh, everything bad that happens to him happens. I'm not the type of woman to put hexes on people, but like, Hex I might. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's also like you were saying, you know, like, it's not a song you can listen to unprepared. Part of that is because you literally cannot just tune out the lyrics to this song and just listen to the melody. Like, you literally just can't. At least not for that part of the song. Like No, the music drops out and she screams it. So there's yeah, no mistaking there's, it. <laughs> no, you absolutely... It's like, you have to listen to this. And I think... I mean, I'm not saying everyone should have to listen to this because it's like, obviously, like, that's going to be triggering for a lot of people. But, like, I do yeah. feel like, especially especially men, like, you should listen to this. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And I feel like because, obviously, the situation um, from the sort of vulture article fiona kind of says that like the guy in question didn't think he did anything wrong and obviously we're sort of saying a lot of the time that happens people have been in either you know assaulted or at the very very least been in very uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time the person in question has no idea they've done anything wrong and they'll probably do it again someone else Mm -hmm. or they'll have no guilt they'll not change their behavior and this song is just fucking telling someone you did this wrong you hurt me fuck you yeah this is exactly what you did and it's just also i think it's really reassuring to a lot of people who have been hurt before who feel like they can't use that word to describe what happened to them because they're like i don't know maybe like it was you know maybe i'm over exaggerating it maybe it's maybe they're right and it wasn't a big deal and it's like you experienced that and you were hurt by it you can use that word to describe what happened to you like yeah and the woman in question didn't use that word Mm -hmm. you know when she was the woman in question didn't use that word when she was talking to fiona and fiona Mm -hmm. was the one to say that sounds like rape yeah so it's yeah it's it's empowering and Mm -hmm. It's a word that I feel like we shy away from a lot for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I mean, it should only be used in certain ways. Like, people using it to, like, diminish the meaning of the word is obviously just shouldn't be Hit him with a baseball bat. 
Yeah, but like to describe the events of something that actually happened, no, like you shouldn't be shying away from it. That's what happened. And you should be like, people should be ascribing that word to more things if it describes it. So definitely. But I guess we can move into the last couple tracks and kind of wind it down. That's that was the climax. So now we're in the denouement of uh, (laughs) of this. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yeah. This is exquisite. This is this is this is the review you came for, baby. This is what you came for. The fucking high art. We are I mean, we're not even as big music nerds as Matt and David, but like we women. Yeah. We understand. So our so our opinions are more valid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know shit about like I could I could not listen to an album and be like, wow, the production is so good on this. Cause I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You're just saying things. It's like <laughs> when people say they love the cinematography, but like they're not even talking about cinematography, they're talking about something else entirely. And it's like, literally, if you're talking about the production of something, I have no idea what you're saying, and I think you should shut up. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But like but, oh, yeah. Fiona Apple playing on her dead dog's fucking bones. Yes. Yes! We get it! <laughs> I understand now. I understand music. Yes. Um, the little little fucking clown piano. <laughs> What's wrong yes. with me? It's my nose good. is running. My nose is running a lot. I think because I was like trying not to cry, so it all just came out my nose. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so if you hear me sniffing, that's why. Um <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's Drum good set. because yeah, drum set. Did you take it all away? It took it all away. Why did you take it all away? The drum set is gone and the rug it was on is still here screaming at me. Why did you take it all away? Why did you take it all away? This is a nice wind down from from what we just finished. Um, she like I think she even starts laughing in this song kind of near the end. Uh, this one is kind of another one that has a story behind it. Uh, she was broken up with with by John Jonathan Ames. Yeah. Yes. And she said, "I was expecting everybody to break up with me." Uh, yeah, this is so sad, but also so relatable. <laughs> it's so petty. <laughs> thrive on like petty <laughs> it's really good it's um, like i thought everyone would leave and then apparently she just like oh you carry on it's great no you you go sorry <laughs> well she like she so she had like a, an argument uh with her drama uh let me just pull this up ah. yeah she was she had a uh an argument with her drummer amy eileen wood so she took her like drums after a gig and Fiona just like wandered around the house kind of singing the song and apparently she also like sings songs about like light switches and stuff. She just kind of sings about inanimate objects. Yeah, I do love that. <laughs> it's very it's good. Gr- <laughs> it's great. Also, oh my god, apparently the reason she starts laughing in this song is because um the dog Mercy comes up and starts kissing her while they're recording. Oh. <laughs> It's very cute. So now I'm going to think about that every time I listen to this song. It's so cute. And it's like dogs. I feel like the dogs do make this album because dogs can read your energy. Like, I yeah. think the reason they started barking during Fetch the Bolt Cars is because they were like, this song slaps. And then the reason Mercy <laughs> came over and looked at her face, she was like, are you sad? 
Do you need a little? Do you need a little kiss? Dogs? Yeah. They dogs can see auras. I will not expand on that, but you know it's true. Yes, it's true. This is one of those ones where I kind of um also kind of tune out to the lyrics. Maybe it's because I always listen to it after for her, and I'm kind of just like you're still like getting your wind back after getting yeah. punched. Although the one part that really stands out to me is when um, in this song where she says, now I understand you're a human and you've got to lie. You're a man. <laughs> you know, she just, she just states it like a fact. <laughs> and you've so got brutal. to get what you want. Yeah. But then she says, but so do I. I also have to get what I want. So I'm going to get it. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It's, I feel like it's a good... I'm glad if it does kind of feel like a little bit of a break before we get to on I go because for her yeah. is it's a, like we said it's a fucking heavy impact song mm-hmm. and you kind of need something getting yeah. punched. Although the one part <laughs> that really stands out to me is when um in this song where she says, "Now I understand you're a human and you've got to lie. You're a man." <laughs> you know, she just she just states it like a fact. <laughs> it's and you so got brutal. to get what you want. Yeah. But then she says, but so do I. I also have to get what I want. So I'm going to get it. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It's, I feel like it's a good, I'm glad. If, it does kind of feel like a little bit of a break before we get to On I Go. Because for her, yeah. is, it's a, like we said, it's a fucking heavy impact song. Mm-hmm. And you kind of need something to, yeah, get your wind, get your breath back. And it's like after for her, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down for a couple minutes. And then... When I go starts and you're like, okay, time to start shaking my ass because this song <laughs> slaps. Hard. It does. <laughs> yeah. But like this one, this one's good. I like it. I like to hear it. It's one of the, it's not one of my favorite, favorite songs in the album, but I do like it a lot. It's fun. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Um, Apparently we- the song was originally called The Drum Set Is Gone, <laughs> but she... <laughs> But she probably changed it because of the similarity to The Child Is Gone, a track from her debut album title. <laughs> I mean, I would like... A, I would like a cool pat, a callback. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. I would don't think stuff like that. Would anyone care? I wouldn't. I mean, would I be sitting set, there like... Child. Oh, oh, this is an obvious callback to The Child Is Gone. Like, I, who... No. They're different songs. (laughs) They're entirely different songs. Like, Tidal is very jazzy, and this is not. And they're just very different songs. Like, they're very different albums, just sonically. Yeah. (laughs) But, all right. I think the drum set is gone is kind of a better title than just drum set, because it's kind of funny to me. Like, the drum set's gone. All right. It's pretty cool. (laughs) The drum drum set's gone, Jerry. (laughs) Why does that? Why did I immediately think of Seinfeld? I don't know. I have no idea. Genuinely, <laughs> it just feels like a Seinfeld plot. Yeah, kind of. Um, the drum set go. is gone, Jerry. <laughs> the drum set's it- gone, Jerry. Well, <laughs> great. <laughs> We've lost our minds, but that's what Fiona know. would want. This is just, I just feel like I'm, I, near, we're getting to the near the end of the episode, so I'm like, oh, this is where I have to start doing Steve voice, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, questions? <laughs> <laughs> rankings? <laughs> yeah, rankings. <laughs> god, if you don't listen to City Girls Make Do, I guess you won't get this, but it's fine. <laughs> rankings? 
<laughs> we always see girls make do. Anyway, <laughs> if you don't, you're a you're a coward and a misogynist. Why do you hate women? Why do you hate women of color? Why do you hate queer women? Why do you hate women of color for not watching Sex in the City? Yeah, the, the show famously that features women of color. Yeah, where but I no. like. I got, really ex- I got really excited the other day because there were two girls with speaking roles who were in one scene for like five minutes. Not even five minutes, like 30 seconds. But it was great. Yeah. Um, I meant, why do you support women of color? Because of me. You're Yeah, because of our podcast. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the show, not the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, on I go? Yeah. On I go. Up until now, it was day next day. Up until now, we enough. Oh, fuck this song is okay so she says Fiona Apple says this is my version of the Vipassana chant that I sang in jail. Extremely good context for this. <laughs> She's just there, like, singing this little song to herself. And it's so, it feels very intimidating. Like, if I was just minding my own business and a woman started singing this to me, I would be enchanted. Yeah, me too. And it, it is, aside from, like, one part of the song, it is this four-line chant over and over and over again for pretty much the entire song and it whips it's so good yeah mm-hmm. and it's just you just keep going and like i don't know it just feels really bouncy and it does it makes me want to dance and i just i i chant it to myself when I, I was doing it today i was like sitting there chanting to myself while i was typing up like mm-hmm. a bit of my homework and it just it feels really again buzzword empowering yeah but it's like i only move to move it, that's that's it's it good she, I do love that her explanation is like, I don't remember exactly the meaning of the chant, but it's fun to sing. And it makes <laughs> that feelings arise and fall away again. <laughs> and it's all impermanent, you know. Uh, being at peace with the now and stuff. Like, it's good. It's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Like, there are a, there are a couple, um, I guess there are a couple sort of lyrics dotted throughout the album that are, seem to be a bit of, like, meditation. And I don't know if... Uh, it seems like that's something Fiona's into, like, you know, Buddhism and meditation and all that kind of stuff. It feels like it's very healing for her. Mm-hmm. And because the album feels healing. Yeah. I think that's definitely a thing for her, especially given, like, how the you know, evil is a relay sport was burn turns to patch the torch. Like, this has been, like, a chant in her head since she was 15 years old and she's now 42 years old like she does seem very much like the kind of person who is like has these mantras and just relies on and they're good yeah yeah i mean evil is a relay sport where the one who's burned turns to pass the torch feels like something it feels like something a monk would say to you Hmm. it just feels like i don't know i feel like maybe she is a monk she could be she's a lot prettier than yeah, she has all her hair. She didn't, like, shave a big dome in it or shave it all off. No. Um, Although she would probably look really good if she did. She but. would look pretty sick. I would love to see Fiona Apple in, like, a Shaolin monk attire. Yeah. 
Especially if she was like powerful fighting people. If she was like beating up like abusers and dickheads. Ugh. You simply love to see it. (laughs) You do. And um this is also the part where she fucks up and she just goes, ah fuck. Shit. (laughs) She just beat for a second and catches herself and keeps it in the song and it works. It's good. It works perfectly. Like I yeah, again, do not want any of those things to be cut. It it's perfect. Especially just like closing the album. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the imperfections of this album are what makes it perfect. Agree. Like mm-hmm. even without the imperfections, if it had been like as polished as like her earlier her early early work, I guess in particular, um, if it had been as polished as that, it still would have been a really good album. Like I still yeah. really, really loved it, and it still would have sounded amazing. But it just feels so much more personal. I think with these little things in it, it's very much like. I didn't fix up all the edges and I shouldn't have to for it to be good. It still, it works. It's not even just like, oh, haha, she left like her dog barking in. Like, that's cool. It's like, it actually just sounds really good with the songs. Like, mm. it's good. Yeah. It sounds human. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. It just sounds like she's, I feel like, you know, the bits with the dogs barking in is like, it just it feels like you're sitting there in her house and she's singing her song she's like oh let me show you something i've been working on and she sings a song and you're like that was great fiona and then her dog starts barking or it comes up and licks her face or <laughs> she misses a line and carries on like yeah. it just feels very personal very human and i feel like a lot of artists try and make not necessarily the perfect album but the perfect version of whatever the album is in their head yeah and this kind of like this just feels like I'm sitting on Fiona Apple's couch and she's singing a song to me, and I'm going, "That was great." Yeah, and I Next mean that's one. not that's <laughs> not to say that an album can't be like really good if the vocals have been touched up and everything has been perfected and stuff like that. Yeah, because there's of course. obviously like a million. Like I'm even just thinking now, like, oh, the other album I'm on, the other album I was on for Tuning Fork was Age of Odds. And I'm just thinking like, imagine Impossible Soul, except for Sufjan doesn't do that to his voice. Like, it just would be different. And it fucking rules that he did that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, oh, just completely different. I don't know. Like, in this case, I think it works better to be more raw. I was thinking of, um, well, because the other Tuning Fork episode I was on was Lulu, which is not (laughs) anywhere near good. Um, But I was thinking of another Virgo queen, because Fiona is a Virgo queen, just like me. Um, Mm. Beyonce. Okay. And Beyonce has put out amazing albums, which are very highly, like, very produced very perfect working with lots of songwriters and all that and they're still amazing albums and they're still just as just as personal and i think just as hard hitting for me like there are songs on lemonade which hit me fucking hard oh yeah and the first time i heard them was a left turn for real and you know they're kind of they're again vastly different energies but it's that same kind of feeling i don't know Maybe not mm-hmm. the same kind of feeling, but it just, it does, I feel very seen. I feel yeah. very seen. I know what you mean. That is a perfect album, also. Yeah. An album Lemonade is- that should have gotten a 10 in my IMO. But it didn't. And I mean, there's probably a million reasons for that, but I would say yes, it should have. Yes. But that's neither here nor there. I don't write for Pitchfork, so. No, if I did, 
uh it would have got a 10 well don't they pause around the office and like everyone's like oh yeah this is good i would rate this like whatever and then they even out the scores i think so because i think that's why like some albums get like really high praise reviews but then not like the best score like dirty computer Mm -hmm. Uh yeah but i mean if i did work at pitchfork i would bully everyone in the office to give lemonade a 10 yeah that's just that's feminism exactly Mm -hmm. are you an idiot yeah right (laughs) so this album got this album though this album got a 10 it should have gotten a 10 i agree deserved it i think even like if this album had come out and they had been like best new music 9.4 or something like that i would have been like this album should have been a fucking 10 the fuck is wrong with you but Mm -hmm. that didn't happen that's not what happened but like if it didn't i would have been like you're fucking idiots I mean, a lot of you. <laughs> I would <laughs> a lot of you. I would be like, I think if it didn't get a ten, I'd be like, well, it just proves that Pitchfork is irrelevant in the twenty first century. You know, <laughs> true. Uh, and then it did get a ten. And I'm like, Pitchfork is still irrelevant because it doesn't matter. Um, a broken clock, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it's the it's the Azealia Banks of music reviews yeah like the thing is okay here's the thing like okay yes it did deserve to get a 10 the fact that there wasn't a single other 10 between kanye and this album is fucking baffling to me like it's stupid like that's just dumb like what like this is like going to college and they're like no sorry we don't give a pluses to students like yeah we'll get a b and yeah you absolutely will not get an a plus unless you suck my dick and that's <laughs> Kanye what West it feels that like. Yeah, and Kanye West did that. Fiona just deserved it. But. Fiona just like spat in their face and was like, "You know what to do." Yeah, <laughs> true. But Kanye West was like, "Boys, give me ten. Yeah. Um. Much. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it deserved it. I also feel like it doesn't matter. They yeah. got a ten. I agree. Like, I don't think Fiona cares, and I don't think that's the point of the album. In the slightest. Yes, it deserved yeah. a 10. It deserved a 10 for For Her alone. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, this is kind of like to me when like Matthew Reese won his Emmy for the Americans but in like the last season. And I was like, you fucking killed it. You are my dad. And <laughs> I love you. And you deserved it. But the Emmys are a fucking farce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I don't care about awards until someone I like wins. Yeah. Then they matter. Much. And then I'm like happy Chihuahua face. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> but okay, so what were your, what's your top track? Oh, okay. Well, like I said, I feel like from a, from a, you know, a third person point of view, it is for her, but from a personal point of view, on I go. Okay. Because I just feel like it inspires positivity i've been singing it along to myself and dancing around and i'm not a dancer but i danced to that song so it must be good yeah that those are good picks mine are a toss-up between ladies and for her i feel like i'm gonna give it to ladies because i do i really just like the kind of positive vibe it 
has about mm. just an outlook that a lot of people just kind of feel really bitter about and it's like no be my guest like you are this new lady now and have anything that I don't have anymore it's not mine anymore I want you to have it and I just think it's a really nice song but it's also just like even if I was not listening to any of the lyrics just o- if I was only listening to like the ladies part of it <laughs> it's still just like such a soothing song and I just love how she says ladies differently every single time it's it's really really nice that's that's gonna be my I feel like that's probably my top pick but like for her is just also I don't think a, a song has hit me that hard ever (laughs) so yeah i I think we can both agree that's the most important song on the album yes i think so yeah most important but favorite is kind of yeah favorite is a bit more personal just like Mm -hmm. this is a song i like yes i agree and maybe it'll change maybe a different song will be my favorite but yeah i feel like that's also a big thing with this album is like it just whatever mood i'm in when i listen to it the song my favorite song kind of changes like sometimes my favorite song is fetch the Volka. sometimes my favorite song is i want you to love me sometimes my favorite song is it's not cosmonauts it's never it hasn't been cosmonauts maybe i'll wake up tomorrow and cosmonauts is my favorite song i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe it'll happen i don't know under the table is also up there for me it's probably like i don't even know i love this album so much it's just so good yeah (laughs) but okay i I feel like okay yeah (laughs) that's pretty solid for us for our that's our rankings just like you know i think miranda was my top this week and then um and carrie was my bottom and carrie is the bottom yeah and and then charlotte's third okay perfect yeah um we we should plug our other podcast while while we're finishing up we run a sex in the city podcast on noisebase.xyz the same network as tuning fork where we watch an episode of sex in the city usually every week we're currently on the last season right now we're on season six and yeah it's just an episode by episode you know takes of how we feel about the characters and the situations they're going through uh especially through you know a 2020 lens compared to when it was originally out in like the 90s and 2000s i love whenever i talk about the show to people like in real life and they're like oh what's it about and i'm like well we kind of explore like modern dating and what it's like to be a woman in the in the like 20 years after the show first aired and then actually listening to it we're like pussy 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 dick (laughs) you listen to it and we're like (laughs) his dick is gonna be so calloused after wearing no (laughs) underwear but like i don't know i feel like we do also have some like a lot of interesting things that we talk about but like you're right we absolutely do are just like titty tally yes but I don't know. Titties. It's, it's a really fun <laughs> podcast in my opinion i really like we have a good time recording it um and if you you don't even need to have watched sex in the city to enjoy it i think because like there's really four characters and they're so easy to tell apart um and we're very funny <laughs> so, yes <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah check that out on noise space it's called city girls make do um but if you want to follow me elsewhere um i don't even know if we introduced introduce ourselves at the beginning oopsies <laughs> i'm <laughs> stephanie <laughs> and uh you can follow me on twitter at age of oddish yes like the sufian album except for pokemon uh or on tumblr uh at windfall island and um, yeah i'm alex uh sorry if we didn't introduce ourselves I'm sure we Daniel will to- edit in something and he's like stephanie's the one who's not british alex is the one who <laughs> is british there you go mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um 
if we have to do that thank you david um uh yeah i'm alex if you want to find me on tumblr i'm at dork phoenix and twitter at alex the virgo and uh yeah that, that's it i'm that's on instagram it. at alex the virgo which is where i've been posting a lot recently so yeah come see my pretty face is uh pitchfork too coward to review megan the stallion probably i can google i've never looked it up before they're probably like too coward to review her but they're probably like reviewing 100 gex (laughs) i I like 100 gex well i don't like 100 gex i think they're fun i i don't dislike them i'm gonna google pitchfork and megan the stallion because i don't know i feel like my review would just be like she's tall (laughs) she's so tall and handsome as hell yeah oh they did review her she got an eight for fever okay and sugar got a seven mm-hmm. uh, eat glass <laughs> firing squad <laughs> uh <laughs> that's podcast i think uh you know what we say every every time that we are on this podcast wait they actually have a thing they say at the end uh the never have i ever seen a shooting star Okay, I really was just going to say Mohe every day. I think it's a reflex. It's a reflex. Uh, Kiss Keanu Square on the lips, you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck cops. (laughs) Fuck cops. Uh, Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)